Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 80. Today we spoke to Greta Srimikiti, a blind Irish Paralympic athlete who competes in the 1500 metres in track and field and who has won gold in the European Championships and competed at the Rio Olympics. Greta moved to Ireland in 2010 from Lithuania and has been an Irish citizen since 2015. Hear the remarkable story about when running became the thing for Greta. We talk about preparation and her having to adapt her training over the last six months due to COVID-19. Greta sheds light on her role with Dare to Believe, where she is part of a group of Olympic and Paralympic ambassadors who aspire to inspire the young people of Ireland to dare to believe in themselves the Olympic values and Team Ireland. High performance is a lifestyle choice and Greta helps us understand this at a deeper level. Thanks for joining us on our show. This episode was brought to you by Cool Slitters. You can find out more about their products online at www.coolslitters.ie. They provide quality GAA hurling and football products and training equipment. We're very fortunate to know the people behind Cool Slitters, so we're always very grateful to partner with them. So thanks again, and please be sure to check them out. Hi Greta, thanks for coming on the show. Where are you joining us from today? And also, how have you been over the last while? It's been, it's different, but for me, it has been good. I can't really complain. Um, I always try to look at these situations as something that, looking the way the things that we can control and and the things that we cannot control. So just the way I look at it, I can do my bit by, you know, um, following the rules and, 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 and doing whatever I can to stay healthy. So... Yeah, I, I found it. I can't, I, can't, I really can't complain. Uh, there has been a few bits and pieces in terms of my training that has a, a bit of adjustment has been done, but it's all about adapting and taking it and, you know, doing it as best as you can, I think. So you're a 1500 meter runner, Greta. So how have you managed to train during this very difficult period? I mean, a big obstacle. Have you been just running laps around the house? I've been very lucky that I do have a small park behind beside my home. So, and it's actually quite good. Well, there is, there is a lot of loops involved, but it's fine because, like, we can go outside. We can still do our training outside, and the the weather is lovely. So you can't complain with that. But doing a bit more loops than usually you would, and then let's say for hill training, so. I, there's a bit of a hills there as well. So in general, yes, sometimes you want to a bit of variety, you want to change and maybe, you know, go to the track or do a bit of a different things. But I'm able to do my training as I usually would, so I can't complain. And Greta, for the listeners, just talk a little bit about your story. I suppose the genesis as to the love and passion for running. Well, I came to Ireland when I was 15. I started running when I was 17. So I always joke around and saying that I was, was quite late joining the athletics. But it always comes to, 
as a journey, a learning journey. And so I started at Clonip Harriers and I was training there as, as, a, as a start. And then I joined DCU uh, Athletics Club. Uh, so I suppose that's when uh, my training started to be a bit more structured and and how I learned more about athletics. But I suppose it all started uh, when I was in school. So um, my PE teacher came up to me one day and said, oh, Greta, there's a community race in Santry. And he knew my background and he kind of knew that as a, as a from a triplet family, we were all, all always very active, and and our family, my my mom and my dad, we were always like to do, be active and and go outside and like do bits and pieces while we were living in Lithuania, and and so because my teacher he knew what kind of uh, person I am, he said, well, Greta, would you like to go and uh, maybe represent our school in community race? And um, I said, yes, I will give it a go, and. Uh, I remember that it was my first 800 meters and yeah, it was, it was raining and the weather wasn't great, but I said, I'm going to give it a go. And yeah, and I remember I came second. The time back then wasn't great at all of my 800 meters, but yeah, I came second. I felt great. And then a few days later, the same PE teacher came up to me and said, well, Greta, would you be interested in representing Ireland in the Paralympic Games? But back then, I didn't know much about Paralympic Games because um, in Lithuania, I haven't, I haven't really heard about it. And yeah, it was something that I had to learn uh, with the years. And uh, I started questioning um, different uh, people about it and learning new information about it. And then I thought, I'm going to give it a go. And that was when I joined the Colony Farriers. Uh, I started running and bit by bit, um, I set a goal for uh, Rio uh, Paralympic Games. What was Rio like? I mean, that must have been an absolutely amazing experience. It is a great experience and it's, it's hard to describe it in words, in words because there's something that you need to experience as an, yourself as an athlete. And uh, I suppose for me... Athletics journey was taking step by step. So for me, it was making the team. So I made the team. Okay, so what can we do next? Um, then you're starting set up the goals. Okay, now the next step is to make the finals. Okay, so now we know that there's a heat that I need to run and uh, to make the final. Okay, so I was lucky enough to, to make the final. And then we made the final. And that was the day when you when you when you're okay Grada, this is the final this is the race that comes one in four years so you need to give it your best and um yes it was I was very nervous I remember there was you walking into the stadium there's a lot of people the atmosphere is incredible and when you when you when you realize that first of all you're running for Ireland which meant so so much for me. Second of all, when you realize that like all those, all of those people are there to watch you compete, and you only have less than five minutes to do your best, um, it is. It's you're very nervous, and there's these experiences, different experiences that come with it. But um, yeah, it's it's something something else. So after. A great result in Rio. You went back to training. You went to compete in the European Athletics Championships in Berlin. And you got gold there. You stood on the podium. Do you want to share with the listeners what that experience was like? 
that that was a different experience because even Rio was more with the that is the highest stage that I could be on. Um, but but the uh, Berlin, it gives you that a bit of feeling that that's that's you you did it for Ireland, you did it for a country, and you're standing there. And the national anthem is playing, and then you get that feeling, and then you understand because that's what we train. We're training for that feeling. For would it be PBing or or bring a medal home? And that is, I I remember that it's like it was incredible because a lot of teammates were there. There was a lot of people uh, at the ceremony, and I was just standing there and smiling and taking in the the moment because we don't have those moments very often and and uh, in athletics and it's tough to get those moments and we train for those moments so um i enjoy it very very much and uh, that's that's when you kind of feel that that's when the hard work pays off and um i suppose that's that's the feeling that i always carry with me and i i i don't need much to be motivated i just remember the berlin or or Rio, and that's that's a good reminder for what I'm training for, especially now when, as an athlete, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when we're going to be training, when we're going to be competing. Um, so I think that's that's a nice feeling to carry with me. So you've brought up nerves before the race. Is there anything you do to negate those nerves or even to dampen them down so they don't affect your performance? I allow I allow myself to be nervous. Um, of course, like different days, different, and uh, you know, sometimes you would be more nervous than another day. But I allow to myself be nervous, and I don't think that for me personally is a bad thing. But it's a lot of talk, self talk, um, saying, reminding yourself the training that you did, reminding yourself the goal. Uh, but I never found nerves being as a bad thing um i'm trying to embrace it and and make it that that's the nerves that you want to have at start at the start line and and gets you hyper and excited uh, so yes i get very nervous and it's it's funny because i'm the kind of person that um you can see everything on my face so if i'm happy i'm happy if i'm nervous i'm nervous so i people usually give me a lot of space and i would be probably less talky than the usual but uh yeah, I think I I like to embrace it and just uh, give myself a self talk and and remind myself why I'm there and that I did all the work to be as best as I can be. You'd be a great poker player, I suppose. <laughs> no, I actually I actually would not be. <laughs> What's really amazing about track and field, this was what piques our interest, is all the preparation and all the training for years and years, and then you might only have five minutes, a real small opportunity. What do you do when it doesn't go to plan? I suppose, how do you reframe and move on? Oh, that's a very good question. And I can relate with that very much. My world championships, um, which been um, in Dubai, um, wasn't wasn't my last world championships. wasn't great at all. I wasn't happy with my performance at all um it's tough i'm not gonna lie after because there's a lot of especially championships that come every second year europeans and worlds and then if we're talking about paralympic games 
it's that comes only once a year and yes like you said you have like five minutes and this is it so if you want to make the final or if you're in the final if you get they're gonna get that medal or, or be as best as you can be that day it could be tough and it could be a lot of um pressure at the same time because in those championships you understand that you're it's different than um well, in a way, it's the same as running any other race. But at the same time, you know that you're representing your country and that people will be watching and and uh, you want to be as best as you can be. But yes, we do have those days when things doesn't go as well as we wanted to. And uh, for me, Dubai was probably one of my worst championships uh, that I ever had um, so far. I remember I really needed an hour to myself um, to understand what happened, to understand why did I not perform, to try to figure out myself, to calm all those nerves and emotions that were there after the finish. But then after that, it's very important how you're going to look at it. For me, every race that I did it bad or I did it good, it's a learning experience. But I don't mean saying it like, Oh, I learned from it. And I know we, a lot of, as an athlete, we do learn from our, our bad performance. And that is the way how we proceed because we have to remember no one teaches us to be an athlete. That's the thing that we need to learn ourselves or we, we can learn from our coaches or we can learn from other athletes or people who had experience in the field and are around us. But these things we have to learn ourselves and there's experience that we need to go through ourselves to become a better athlete. So for me is by finding out what I did wrong and the most important thing to take action because I could say very easily this race went wrong. I could say there was a lot of, I could have get away with it very easily because there was a lot of media saying it was very hot that's why Greta probably didn't perform but that but I'm not taking it as an excuse because it wasn't an excuse I just didn't perform but my um my as an athlete responsibility is to figure out why that if I can avoid it next time or be and become a better athlete to figure out why and take an action uh, to 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 try and be better next time. So that's how I deal with it. And for me as an athlete, it is very important to know what I did wrong to fix it. Because otherwise, there's there's no point. Otherwise, you won't learn and you won't become a better athlete. Well, speaking about learning and motivation, you've taken up a role with daretobelieve.ie. Do you want to share with us what it's like trying to impact young children and give value to them? I love, first of all, the program is amazing. And when I when I started it, um, I was very nervous because I wasn't sure if I can, ha- ha- like, I wasn't sure because I tried to relate with myself and say, okay, Greta, you were a student. How would you interest children to, to listen to, to your story or your experiences and, and maybe take some bits out from it and adapt in, in your life or that they would adapt in their lives? And But then I just gave it a go and I just in one of the schools I just okay Greta you kind of practice it you put you 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 will I said okay Greta I'm gonna share what I think is important and share my story and um I I really enjoyed it and I saw children being so interactive and then asking questions I think it's 
for them and share my story with them I think I'm trying to relate that you you don't need to be afraid to to try things you don't need to be afraid to fail um because we fail to learn and by only by failing that's the way we learn and and we become better at things and I don't when I go into schools I don't want them to I, I want to address the the healthy lifestyle. I want to address that being active is important. And yes, maybe if there's going to be a child who's going to be interested in becoming, you know, a runner or, you know, or any other sport that they might be inspired to take on. But at the end, but for me, it's the goal for them to find what they love to do. It It might not be sport. It might be music. It might be painting. But that's where it lies. I think it's finding what you love. And I was very lucky that I found running, running is what I love to do. And, and, uh, I want them to find something that they love. So by my story, I always like to relate and say that this is my story, but it's up to you to build your own story and find things that you love. So, so it's, it's actually very nice that Dare to Believe gives you that opportunity to go to classes and, and talk to the different uh, students and interact with them and share your story. And, and maybe um, that will change something to even one child. If some one child will sit there and, and, and find, oh, maybe I will start something what I love we'll try to, or will try uh, looking at the stuff that I love, that's already a win for me. So. Greta, recently read a book by Hiroki Murakami who talks a lot about what I talk about when I talk about running. So the question is, what do you think about when you run? Do you have an empty mind or are you kind of constantly thinking? Well, if we're talking just about runs, yes, I like... I'm trying to think about mechanics maybe a bit. Well, I, I let's say I started thinking about it because in the past I didn't, but now I'm trying to do it a bit, but but not too much. It's funny the way because I'm I'm a thinker as a person. I'm overthinking a lot of things. So my runs for me, I just like like to be with myself and, and just think a lot of different things. <laughs> Uh, for me, like I really enjoy running, uh, so I, I that part I don't overthink the running part, but I enjoy, you know, having new ideas or something. Oh, maybe Greta, you should do this thing this week, or like just go through my week and think, okay, what you know, maybe the training or you know, different kind of thoughts like that. But I don't overthink the actual process of running. I'm more thinking just having a bit of a conversation in my head with myself so that's I suppose that's that's the way I do it but everyone is different and I think for everybody's um running uh you know running especially recovery runs everybody might treat it differently and with regards to the 1500 meters when did you decide that was the running discipline for you well I would definitely not be a meter runner because the I I wouldn't have enough uh, speed in my legs. That's for sure. But I tried the eight hundred meters, so the first one to race, and um, I I do enjoy eight hundred meters as well. And it's great because uh, you know, as a middle distance athlete, you can switch around. And eight hundred meters, I enjoy running it as well. And and I do get a get opportunities in the season to run a few eights, and and I would. And I like to run it as best as I can, equally with 15. But you see, 1,500 meters, um, I think it's a distance that you get to enjoy bit by bit. Because 
it's a it's a painful process. <laughs> the third lap, it's the really process when you really need to get concentrated and you know make sure that you handle the third lap well. And and I think you get enjoyed with the years that you get stronger. And I still need to do so much work uh, on getting stronger, becoming a better runner, and become a better athlete. But yes, I uh, for me for my experience. Um, you do get to enjoy with the year and it's it is constantly a learning experience and uh you know how to be, how to be a better 1500 meter athlete uh in terms of running in terms of being strong enough and then we have aspects of racing because there's a lot of could be a bit of tactical race so there's constant learning but i think it just with the years you're becoming uh stronger and more capable to i suppose handle the distance as best as you can good answer <laughs> sorry <laughs> hey folks thanks for listening to the first part of the episode we hope you're getting some value from it what we're going to do now is take a quick break we're going to hear from a former guest holly hustler Holly joined David on episode number 69. We're going to hear about what Holly does. Hi, my name's Holly Hustler. I'm a London-based yoga teacher and sound healer. I used to be in a girl band singing cheesy pop tunes to thousands of people on the London O2 Arena stage. And I've now gone down a more healing path where I sing mantras and play crystal singing bowls and other beautiful instruments to people all across the globe. I have a podcast called Honestly Unbalanced with my husband, Adam Hustler, where we dig beneath the glossy exterior of the wellbeing industry. And you can find all of my information on my Instagram, which is I am Holly Hustler and on my website, hollyhustler.com. Greta, you, you mentioned trying to instill lessons to young people. Has there been anyone in your career, your life, that has been a mentor for you or given you the lessons that have made you become so successful? Well, in general, I'm very lucky because I'm surrounded by amazing athletes. In general, when I just started athletics, I was surrounded by people who were always pushing me to be a better athlete. And I think itself, it already gave me a lot of learning and a lot of motivation and, you know, to people to look up to. So it would be a very hard to to um, identify one athlete as such. But yes, Kira McGeen is an amazing athlete to look up to. Then we have in our Paralympic group, we have Jason Smith, as he is incredible as well and such a, a chief. So I wouldn't, I think I like to you know, look up to different athletes and take few bits of each of them that and adapt whatever works for me. So yeah, so I think like maybe Jason Smith and Kira McGeen would be one of those, let's say Irish athletes would you could say like they improved so much and they're still still uh like Jason is so consistent athlete and Kira McGee now improved so much. So I think it's uh, yeah, I think that would be it. <laughs> And the last minute pre-race, what are you doing or thinking about? I mean, that's your moment to shine. Yeah, I remember I can always, because I, like I said, I like to, I'm usually quite nervous because I, I can really hear my heart pounding. So I was like, whether relaxed, probably just don't go too fast, girl. don't go too fast. I think for me, it's, uh, yes, don't go too fast. And okay, what is your next step? So your next step is to position yourself. And I'm more than thinking, how are the race going to proceed to be prepared to um, react uh, as best as I can? It's not always the case. And, you know, I do mistakes. uh, But I think that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm kind of trying to like, 
talk with myself and, and get myself prepared for some action. And you're at the start line, just about to take off. Is there a particular tune, music track you're listening to with your in-ear or over-ear headphones? To be honest, not really. I'm very, it depends on my mood, but music is definitely key that keeps me going. But it really depends on the day. So, you know, one day it could be a bit of a rap, some day it could be a pop. It's whatever. I think it really depends on my mood and, and how how hyped up, I, I need to be or I need that extra, you know, that extra hyper to kind of get, get myself going. So it, it, it as I don't have as a certain song like that, but I, it depends on the day, I suppose. Well, Greta, we ask all of our guests that come on the show, Sleepy, Perform, Repeat, this question. What does high performance mean to you? Oh, it's lifestyle. It's an absolute lifestyle. It's decisions that the small and big decisions that you make every day and uh it, it's not it's not performing for one specific race it's constantly thinking about how to be as best as they can be every day in terms of recovery nutrition and uh yeah that's that that's a job and and that's that's the job to be to take of your to make sure that your body is ready for each training and that and and all the decisions that come with, with it for you to be as best as an athlete as you can be. And any of the previous guests we've had on our show, I suppose depending on where they've come from, be that storytelling, fashion, sport, high performance in their space, even writing a book, it's the common thread that comes all the way through, which is it seems to be a lifestyle choice. Yeah, I, I definitely agree because to be good, it doesn't take you a year it's a process. So, you know, it might take five years to break through, but it's a small things that you do every day. You know, it's not today I'm going to have a, a good sleep, night sleep, other night I won't, but I'd be recovered for a session. It's all those small bits and pieces that at the end gathers into and allows you to perform well. So it, it definitely, definitely it. Yeah. Greta, we would both like to say thank you very much for giving your time today to speak to Kiran and myself on Sleepy Perform Repeat. We got an awful lot from it. Stay fit, stay healthy, and looking forward to seeing you run soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.